Hello, everyone, and welcome back to today's episode on Movius Ministries Podcast. This is your friend Josiah. This is season 20, episode 208, and today I am going to be switching it up a little bit because I just want to give you listeners hope, and what I mean by um, listeners is those who are following Christ, and that's not me having favoritism but rather God loves everyone the same and um, God knows I'm not lying. So I just, today I'm going to be talking about, um, are you in a season of waiting based on a promise that God gave you, um, whether it was a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, and you're still just waiting, or maybe you just got a promise and you're just, just now starting your season of waiting. I want to share a story with you that I just went through that would give you a lot of encouragement. And I guess you could even like, because the, the, the promise that God gave me was something, uh, how do I say this carefully? Cause I don't want to spoil anything early on because this is an incredible testimony to the glory of God. God blessed me with something material. Let's just say that. But we can also, um, you know, what is the what is the most important promise that we are really waiting for? And it's the return of Christ. And that, that is really where our hope should be. And um, yeah, so here on Mobius Ministries, I, with the help of the Holy Spirit, do my best to interpret scripture, help you grow in your intimacy with the Lord, and to encourage you to remain steadfast through tough seasons as we also continue to be prepared for the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, If you're new to my podcast or have been listening for some time now, welcome. I am so glad that you are here. Over a year ago, uh, God told me to start this podcast and start using the teaching gift that he has given me, and I'm humbled by that every day. I just pray that God's will will be evident in your life as we go through today's episode. The verse of the day is actually a very well-known verse by most Christians, and if you don't know it, that's okay. God still loves you, and we are only able to memorize scripture by God's grace, and we're only able to uh, come across these scriptures and come across these um we're only able to have this kind of fruit in our lives by the grace of God. So we, we cannot brag on the kind of fruit that we have. Um, Paul talked about that in 2 Corinthians, and that's very self-righteous. So let's not do that. But anyways, Romans 8.28. And I'm going to read it out of the wonderful NIV version. And we know that in all things... You know, this is so crazy that this is actually the verse of the day and the message that I'm giving. I, this is totally prophetic. This is totally the Lord giving... Um, giving providence almost I just lost the verse sorry here we go Romans 8:28 and let's keep this in context we'll go over that in a second and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose now Paul's talking towards Christians Obviously, God does. It says that it, a lot. Of, I'll, I'll hear a lot of people just say they'll, they'll they'll pull. They'll even just quote part of verse twenty-eight, and they'll say, "And we know that God works all things for the good." And then they don't. They leave out the part of to those who love Him, and it's very heartbreaking. Um, but this is where false teaching comes into play, and it's very, again, it's just very heartbreaking. But it's for those who love God, and um, yeah, so. Okay, um, if you're a Spotify listener, there is a question posted below you can answer if you have a smartphone about this message today. And I, I'm, I believe I'm going to make this into a, I just hit my microphone, I'm sorry, and I forgot to put my MacBook on Do Not Disturb. So let's do that first because I just got an alert on my phone. We don't want that. So let's... Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Get away, get away, get away, get away. Okay. Um, okay. I'll be, I'm pretty sure I'll be able to do this in one part today. This is only one, uh, wait, one, let's see, let's see how many pages this is. One, two, three, four, five, 
six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, yep, I'll be able to do this in one part. Okay, um, and so at the end of the message, I'll be asking you guys a question, and I think it's going to be kind of spontaneous. So let's open in prayer. Father, what an honor it is to be able to shepherd your flock in the right way. Father, you have done this miraculous work in my life. You took me through a really hard season and you taught me a lot of things. And Lord, I just thank you for it. I thank you so much that you have formed me more into the image of Christ. I pray that you would do that through your Holy Spirit by this by this listener. Father, I pray for wherever this listener is in their salvation that you would either continually wash them through the blood of Christ and you would lead the unrepentant to repentance and trust in Christ for their for their sins. Thank you for the gospel, Lord, the beauty of the good news that we while we were yet sinners, you died for us, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. We worship you for your son. We lift you up, Jesus. There's no one like you. Accept our praise, Father. Let my message give people hope. Holy Spirit, the things that I'm going to say that are true according to you, you would plant them deeply into people's hearts to continue to have endurance and draw near to you in the midst of joy or suffering. Let your glory be evident in today's episode, Lord. Let your word go forth in power. God, I thank you so much for our place in Christ that he's the one who holds us up. He makes us clean. Father, in the midst of everything going on in the world, let Christ be our main attention. Let us have our full focus on him. I pray for deliverance from bipolar, or ADHD, schizophrenia, anxiety, depression. Give us wisdom, Lord, for your word says that wisdom and understanding come from your mouth. Help us to treat others the way that we want to be treated. Help us to be doers of your word and not just hearers. And Father, as I share this incredible testimony that you've given me grace to endure and to go through this tough season, Lord, you'd be glorified in today's episode. You would be lifted up. Pray for my listeners' steps and that you would direct them in your will. Lead them to true teachers of your word. The false teacher comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But you, Jesus, you said, I've come to give life and life abundantly. Father, thank you for your son. Thank you for your love. And Lord, I thank you for this platform that you've given me. I worship you. And Lord, help me to say the right things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, um, I do have my water right here as well. So I'm going to... Stay hydrated. Thank you very much. Okay. Uh, if you have any questions or comments about today's sermon, or see that, I have those 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 first like five notes I have written in my notes in my iPhone, and I copy and paste it, and so I didn't review that part, so let me fix that. If you have any questions or concerns about today's testimony that I'm going to be giving, you can email me at josiahmovius12 at yahoo.com. That's J-O-S-I-A-H, M as in Michael, O-V as in Victor, I-U-S, 12 at yahoo.com. 
Okay, some of you know that I was at Bethel School of Supernatural Discipleship in the way northern part of California in a little city called Eureka. I went there for a second year. I finished my first year during COVID once all the classes were moved online. During my second year, I was in a normal Sunday church service and we were all worshiping, me and the whole church. Um, We were worshiping the Lord, of course. And I felt something speak to me inside. It sounded clear, but it, and I heard the words of, you're not going to be finishing your second year at Bethel. Mind you, uh, before I heard that, I was pra- I was praising the Lord when I when I heard that I was I was silent. Um, I was seventy percent sure that it was the Lord, and thirty percent of me said it wasn't. The seventy percent I was pretty sure it was God. I wasn't doubting it, but the thirty percent I was doubting because I had never even had the thought of in the process of me going to school for my second year of I might be going home soon. It just, it hit me out of nowhere. I just, I didn't understand. I had thoughts of what? Don't I have to finish my schooling? What about everyone that paid for me to come here? Or my brother who took time out of his week to get me back here and drove with me. After service, I drove over with my buddy Jake and to, to, to get we, we get together, we used to get together every Sunday and watch football, and I would have my cheat day with um, carbs and sugar. <laughs> uh, as, as Jake and I were driving uh, to his place with all, all of our, with all of our buddies waiting there for us, who I still pray and uh, love for dearly, um, I told him what I think God told me during service. He pretty much said, if that was God, then it'll happen. I felt a small glimpse of peace in that moment. My 2002 Mercury Sables transmission broke at around 173,741 miles. That car got me to California, then back home when COVID hit, and then back up there for my second year. It's all by the grace of God looking back. (laughs) Um, Once the car broke down, we pulled over, or wait, sorry. I was trying to find word I left off. Once the car broke down, we pulled over to the side of the road. And by we, um, I mean me and this girl uh, that I was seeing at the time who went to Bethel as well. When we were pulled over, the Holy Spirit spoke to me again. And he said, when you get home, someone will buy you a car paid in full. I didn't believe it one bit. About a week by... About a week went by as I was still going to school and looking back, I can see God wanting, uh, wanted me to just hang out there for a little while after the mercury broke down. Because of course I got the word of you're, gonna, you're not going to finish your second year. So I was definitely pondering on that in the midst of um, the last month or month and a half that I was there um, from when I got that word from the Lord. I was, uh, I was there for about a month and a half after the car broke down and then flew home with my dad taking care of all the finances, of course. Once, uh, once Holy Spirit gave me that word about someone getting me a car, which, mind you, I did not tell anyone about that word. I kept it to myself and the Holy Spirit. My youngest brother, Jameson, texted me and said, Hey, Dad is thinking about getting a car. Then, later after, Jamie said that him and I would be sharing it. My pride definitely got spiked a little bit. But I remember turning that down and saying to myself in my mind, if this is God's will, let it be. I sold my mercury for scraps and used that money for the rent I owed at Bethel for the house that I was living in. I had to get rid of a ton of clothes. Uh, Looking back at that now, I can see that that was God preparing me to die to myself more for the season that I was about to go into. Looking back, that's that's the way that I could see it. I didn't know it then. I got home and my dad got the 2012 Toyota Corolla for my brother and I. I didn't like the car at all. Looking back, I can see the Lord was disciplining me to be more grateful. Being more grateful was definitely something I learned in what was the toughest season I have ever gone through ever since being home for my second year at Bethel.
my brother and I uh, were both working part-time jobs. Uh, he was working as a delivery driver for Jets, and God switched me on a few different jobs over the last year being home. I've been home now for actually about a year and four-ish months, three months actually. I believe God moved me around a few times uh, from job to job to plant seeds and to work on different issues that were in my heart that brought one character defect up at a time to deal with uh, to deal with the Lord. Not like I'm dealing with the Lord on, on an issue he has. I'm, I'm saying rather an issue that I was having the Lord worked on that with me. I just want to clarify that. Sorry. God gave me a word one night uh, when I was kneeling down and praying and he said someone is going to buy you a car paid in full. So I got the same word again, based on what I heard, uh, you know, previously. Um, this was when I was praying. I this was when I was still working part time. I believe I was working at a McDonald's in the back cash drive-through. But this. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna reread that sentence. I'm sorry, because I want to understand this a little bit better, a little bit better. God gave me a word one night when I was kneeling down praying, and he said, Someone is going to buy you a car paid in full. By this I knew that God meant that God meant by my next car. That I didn't have to save up for one. After that, the Holy Spirit reminded me about eight or nine times the same word in my season of waiting. On one of those occasions of the eight or nine times, I was in prayer at a church and I go to when I when I can in the mornings, and I saw literally a, like literally only a two second vision. It literally lasted maybe it maybe even only lasted for a second of God taking care of everything to get me my own car. It was very um, it was very abrupt. Like I didn't. And you guys have heard me say previously that when I experience the Lord speaking to me, it's when I don't expect it. And that is what happened in that moment. It was like a second. It was like a, the what I saw in the vision was like a bunch of different events just going like a like 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 that in like a matter of a second. I just saw it. I saw God like you're like he's going to take care of everything and I had a lot of faith in that moment. During this time of waiting, I had many hopeless nights. Many days with tears, not understanding things, very heavy-hearted, lots of anxiety. I did my best to worship the Lord. I did my best to open my heart to the Holy Spirit. I was in a season of Hebrews 11:6 out of the amplified but without faith, it is impossible to walk with God and please him. For whoever comes near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him. That was the kind of season I was in. It was a very, very hard season. I'm going to get into a little bit more. I'm, I'm going I'm to get, you know, you guys know that God's really giving me, giving me grace to be vulnerable to uh, you guys as my listeners here on this platform and even just people in a physical face-to-face -face conversation. Um, during this time of waiting, I had many people. I had uh, atheists and believers in Christ emotionally and verbally ridicule me for not saving up to get my own car. Since I was only working part-time, I wasn't making six to $800 paychecks. I was making about 350 at the most, depending on if the employer was paying weekly or bi-weekly. Looking back on this, God was working on my codependent people-pleaser that, uh, that I have struggled with for so long, which comes from my rough childhood, childhood with the experiences of blame, manipulation, and a lot of gaslighting. I mean a lot of gaslighting. This was really hard, having people say these things to me, and I just had to trust God on what he told me. Um, I just had to endure, I just had to keep going, and I, I cannot sit here in this chair with a microphone in front of me, and the word of God to my right, and my water bottle to my left, 
and brag about what I did. It was God's grace that carried me through. He gave me grace to have endurance. He gave me grace to keep going to those prayer meetings in the morning. He gave me grace to keep reading his word. He gave me grace to, to, to fast. He gave me grace to, and there are so, you know what? I just want to get on a rant right now because this really, it really gets me really angry. And I hope it's a righteous anger, but I see so many pastors that brag about the good things that they do. And I think about Isaiah, that our righteous deeds are nothing but filthy rags. And I've heard some people um, talk about how in the Hebrew there, it's it's pretty complex to understand that. I don't know what it, what it means, but eventually the Lord may bring that to me. But so many pastors will, will, will brag about, oh, I'm fasting this many times, and, and I know all the scripture. I'm like, you literally, like, you need to repent. And so I am sitting here. Like, I can't sit here and brag about my interpretation. I, I can interpret tongues. I can speak in tongues. I can prophesy. I can quote scripture. I can, um, I've had moments of interpreting people's dreams in the past. I can't sit here and brag about that. God's given those to me. James is, again, James is too clear that God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. And right there, opposes in the Greek means to be constantly at war. So, I can't, I'm not going to sit here and be like, I went through this hard season, but I did all these things. And there's so many people out there. And if you do do that, I just like, and if you follow Christ and you're listening to this, I want to practice Galatians 6.1. I want to restore you gently. I want to lead you and say, don't do that. That Paul says that you were dead in your sins and Christ pulled you out. You were in this rut and you couldn't get yourself out. And he, he pulled you out of a thing that you were so stuck in. And that we want to take pride in that. We want to help. So we, we, we cannot do this. There's no leniency on it in the word of God. There's none. So. And I want to. I don't want to make, sound mean spirited. But rather I want to say these things in grace. Um, so anyway. Let's move forward. This was a really hard season. I would have moments where I would just go to my room and cry to the Holy Spirit. I would feel glimpses of his presence, his peace, his comfort, and moments of correction as well. Corrections, uh, moments of conviction towards things that I had to continue to repent from. In the moments of when people would say hurtful things, I pondered on Jesus' words, bless those who curse you. These were moments where I would make um, breakfast for the person who was mean to me. One of the other people, uh, uh, some, some of the other people, they needed money. And I told them, don't worry about paying me back. And if you try to give me the money, I will not accept it. And I'm not changing my answer. There were other ways I would bless those who hurt me. Uh, but those are just a couple to give an example. This season was very brutal for me. It was very hard. God would speak to me through the Psalms uh, through this season. He would just be like Psalm 36 or Psalm 21. I can't remember exactly which ones, but, and I would read it and it would literally speak to me. And we talk about God speaking through his word. It's not just, it's not just a moment where we open the Bible and we read something like, oh, wow, that really convicts me. Or, oh, that really encourages me that I'm doing the right thing. But I think it, it can also be the Lord telling us, hey, check out this scripture. Um, and so it, you know, that, that, that's all in the Lord's direction and the Lord's, the Holy Spirit's movements. But I remember uh, speaking on the Psalms. I remember one particular day um, I was kneeling down and I was in my room and I was crying for what I was going through. And as I'm kneeling down, I heard Psalm 17. I barely reached over to grab my amp my amplified Bible and heard Satan say things like, This isn't God, he's not speaking to you, he doesn't see you, this is just you speaking to yourself, so you, uh, and you're trying to control the situation. Lots of this stuff happened. I had lots of those kind of accusations that I was dealing with. There were other things that the enemy said, but those were just a few. Here's Psalm 17 through the Amplified. Hear the just which is righteous, their cause, O oh Lord, listen to my loud, piercing cry. 
Now that's just half of verse one. That's just half of it. When I read that, once I came to the once I came near to the end of it, my voice started to break even more. And beloved, I just really want to encourage you, like, if you're in a season of waiting, this was like it's and I know it's hard, and like there are so many teachers out there that like they pray like, oh Lord, get them out of this situation, but like, why don't you pray for endurance? Why don't you pray for something that they would have that would glorify God's name? And that's something else that I learned through this season is that my sufferings glorified God's name. And we have to realize that that is the focal, one of the focal points in our walk. That if we're glorifying, if our lives are glorifying God, think about the rewards we're going to have in heaven. Think about you know what? Not even so that we can get something out of it, because that's not... Let's take that out of the picture for a second, but just that God is worthy of it. So I just really want to encourage you that if you're if you're waiting, um, that God is right there, and He's he wants to speak to you, get into His Word, draw near to Him. I just... I have... I have just too many times, beloved, I have... I have drawn near to the Lord in the midst of not all my suffering because I'm not perfect. I've, I've, you know, in the past run towards other false remedies in the past, like vaping or pornography and stuff like that. But more times than not, I, I sought the Lord and he helped me. And it's not me assuming that you're not doing that. But if you are, I encourage you, keep doing that. And that God sees you. But even if you're not, God's not mad at you. Paul says in Romans 2.4 that it's God's kindness that leads you to repentance. So, I had many days and nights like that, feeling hopeless. But the Lord continued to draw me near to him. I could say that I continue to draw near to the Lord, but it was the Lord that did that in me. Philippians 2.13. I'm going to read it right here out of the Amplified. For it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work. That is strengthening energizing and creating in you the longing of the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. Now there's a footnote. I don't want to leave half the message out and where it says, for it is God who is effectively working you for it is God. And the footnote is God supports the believer, but it's the believer's responsibility to do what he has been called by God to do. So that's what the Lord was doing me in this season. And that's only because I have his Holy spirit. I can't do that on my own. Jesus says that you can't, um, I think it's, uh, with, if, if without me, you cannot, you, you cannot do nothing. I, I'm paraphrasing that. I may be butchering that. So if I am Lord, forgive me, but, um, okay. So one of the things I was trying to find where I left off, one of the things that helped me have more endurance in the midst of this tough season on and, and waiting on the Lord was um, the thought of when God comes through on his promise, this is going to be an amazing testimony of encouragement to those going through the same tough seasons like mine. That's what really helped me. And looking back at that now, beloved, it, um, just lost my thought. Um, I can really see God pruning more humility in me. And I'm really glad that God did that. I am seeing that now, of course, and it's all to the glory of God and it all goes to him. The prophet Isaiah said it best that God will share his glory with no one. Some of you know, this is where it gets good. Some of you know, I have mentioned my wonderful spiritual mentor, Jim, who is led fully by the Holy Spirit. Well, one day, about two weeks ago, I needed some money, and so I came to Jim, and he helped me out. Uh, I helped him in return to fold some towels 
uh, that go out on the gym floor. He owns a, a gym in Lake Orion. So we're talking, we're folding towels, and uh, Jim says, Oh, I'm selling Jillian's car. Jillian is his daughter and was selling, selling it so she could pay for her second semester at Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. The school that I was not accepted into. I knew what she drove, but I told Jim, could I see it? He gave me the keys. We walked to the back of the Anytime Fitness on Baldwin Road in Lake Orion, or Orion Township, and we looked at the car. It looked clean, only 116,000 miles, give or take. Lots of nice bells, bells and whistles, such as leather seats with power seats, driver and driver for a driver and passenger, heated and cooled seats, a nice powered V6, all-wheel drive, Bluetooth, moonroof, moon and more. Yes, it was older than the Corolla, maybe not as reliable, but it had been taken care of by the previous owners, and, or not and, it had, uh, it had low miles, it's American, but the guy who had been working on the car to fix things while Jillian was driving it was my car guy as well. Jim has known uh, known a car guy uh, named Chris for quite some time, and Jim intro introduced me to him a while ago, and he's been my car guy ever since. So the car has been taken care of by someone I knew and someone that I could trust. So cool to see God work like that. You know, the verse of the day we shared today is Romans 8:28. If you don't see that, if you don't see that verse in this whole story, then I don't know what to say. <laughs> After I looked at it, I asked Jim, how much? And he said, 3500 I went home and prayed. I prayed a lot. I felt a little bit of peace. My dad and I had plans for him to do my hair, him meeting my dad. I felt led to propose to him that Jim was selling the car. So I did. But I was conflicted on if I should take a loan out because $3,500 isn't a lot of money for a car loan. The verse that was coming to my mind in this decision of um, whether I should take a loan out of the bank or not um, was Proverbs 21.5 out of the NLT. Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Or poverty. During this time of just a little bit more waiting, looking back now, hoping that this was God's promise to come, to pass, I had worries on if it wasn't it. I would think about Solomon's words, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But God was giving me tiny little glimpses of peace that this was it. Looking back, I can see that God just wanted me to trust him more and it was calling me out of my comfort zone. I remember I was in prayer one night during this during this waiting to see if this was the right car. And there was one thing I will share that the Lord spoke to me when I was praying about the car. I heard, you will get the car sooner than you think. Now I knew it was God. I could feel it inside of me. Sooner rather than later, my dad told me that he got the car. Wait a second, sorry. Sooner rather than later, my dad told me he was going to get the car for me. We talked to Jim, we got the car checked out by a local mechanic, looked at the car facts, all the things that you do before getting a new or used car. And beloved, God's promise came to pass. I got the car sooner than I thought. God's word of someone will get you a car paid in full. It had come to pass. Driving it the last few days, or now it's been a week now, I have been in a state of awe in the fear of the Lord. One of my prayers since getting this car was, Lord, in what I learned through that season, let me not forget it, but also to be a doer of what you disciplined me in. And so if you look at that prayer closely that I prayed, I'm not, I don't want to say this self-righteously, but rather the Holy Spirit gave me this to pray. My, the first part of my prayer was, Lord, let me not forget it. But forgetting it isn't necessarily an action. So what's the action? That my second part of the prayer, let me be a doer of what you disciplined me in. I don't have me capitalized there, so that's okay. God won't strike me dead for that. <laughs> but you also shouldn't tempt God, so there you go. <laughs>
Okay. Other than the story of Jesus and the cross of the crucifixion, him dying for our sins, my favorite story in the Bible is one of Joseph. God gave him a promise and his brothers hated him for it. They were so jealous. They knew all the turmoil turmoil Joseph went through. Or no, we know all the turmoil that Joseph went through. Prison, slavery, jail, and was wrongly accused for rape. Here's what Psalm 105 says about the story of Joseph because I can relate uh, I can relate with it a little bit with the, this really tough season that I went through. Psalm 105:19 out of the amplify or out of the NLT until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. Now where it says until the time came to fulfill his dreams. Um, in the Hebrew, it translates into his word. So think about that. Other versions will say um, until the prophetic word came or until Joseph's dream came. Um, um, tested there means to refine or prove. I'm pretty sure that's what it means in the Hebrew. Verses 20 through 22 talk more about Joseph in Psalm 105. You can read that on your own time, but don't worry. I'm not taking verse 19 out of context. I looked at it and I prayed about it. So, Looking back into the season I went through, yes, I did more praying and crying. But only a little bit of worship. But my worship's motive was to get something from God, not because of who he was. This was something I'm this this is something that I'm now starting to repent from. But I still do wish I I could have worshipped more through the trial. I really wish I could have, and I, I mean that, beloved. And what I mean by worship is just praise from my lips, because obedience is worship to God as well. Obedience can be seen in many different ways in the precepts of the Lord. I was looking back at my moments of fasting and praying in secret. In Matthew 6, 6, Jesus just talks about prayer. He, uh, at this point, has not gotten to fasting yet. But Matthew 6, 6, out of the NLT, But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. Verse 16 uh, in that same chapter is when Jesus talks about fasting. It reads out of the NLT version, verses 16, 17, and 18. And when you fast, do not make it obvious, or make it obvious, as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that 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 is the only reward they'll ever get, which is the praise of man, is what Jesus is saying. Verse 17, but when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. Verse 18, then no one will notice that you are fasting, except your father who knows what you do in private, and your father who sees everything will reward you. I'm not saying this boastfully, but rather to show you the truth of scripture. I did these things, it wasn't easy. And it was God's grace that empowered me to, uh, to pray and fast. I continued to pray and fast, sometimes both, sometimes just, sometimes just prayer. So, you know, real quick, like, you guys know I applied to Moody and everything, and I didn't get accepted. God had to close that door. He had to. Looking back at me not getting accepted into Moody, I can see it was God saying, no, my promise must come to pass. I don't know why I'm not crying right now. I, I wish I was, but looking back on that, I can just see the Lord just like, be, like with me in the unseen spiritual realm and on his throne just saying nope you're not going to get accepted but my but be, because of the promise I gave you it's going to come to pass if I went to Moody 
Judy might have not gotten her second semester paid for. That's what she needed the money for. And I wouldn't have received God's promise. This is where um, I can now have more stability in the beauty of God closing doors. We may know the saying of when God closes the door, he opens another. I can see Romans 8.28 evident in all of this as well. The 2008 Lincoln MKZ, everything that it everything that it needed for me to get the car, it was paid in full. I didn't have to put a penny towards it. God is faithful. Beloved, so I just really encourage you, like, this was so hard for me, and I just had to wait. And I knew it was God that spoke to me, and it was so hard. And I had so many people, like, like they would, like, the people would say, "Why are you still living with your dad? Why aren't you going to school? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that?" There's a Bible verse that I would reply to that, and it's. Um, Proverbs 20:24 out of the amplified man's steps are ordered and ordained by the Lord how can a man fully understand his way that's what i would respond with is sometimes you just don't understand and in order for you to be okay okay with that You need to be rich in humility. So, um, it's sitting out there in the front parking lot right now, and or in the driveway, and I just, you know, I. It was just a really, it was a really hard season, and I just had to wait, and I, I just had to keep telling people at prayer meetings, like, yeah, I'm just in a tough season, and. Um, People would tell me, like, you know, we continue to see God give you endurance, and I'm just like, you know, praise the Lord. Um, now, I want to I share this one last thing, and I want to share the gospel for those that don't know it, or those who do know it and have fallen into some sin today, which is probably likely, and you just need remindance. I was uh, at a youth group last week and I shared this testimony with someone and when he said this I got real I got really convicted and but sorry I'm just I got some thoughts kind of running through my mind I'm not sure what to say exactly but um he shared with me I forget his name but he said, Josiah, you have to realize that the prize is not the car. It's your faith. And uh, this really, really convicted me. And looking back, I can see that is the 100% absolute truth. Um, so when I looked at it through that lens... I think I talked a little bit about it on a few other earlier episodes that when we go through trials, we try so hard to just get out of it and rather God might just want us to focus on just having endurance. And that's it. Don't worry about getting out of it. God will direct your steps. Just just like Galatians 5, be led by the Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. Say, show me the way. Your word is a light unto my feet. Help me not be conformed by the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of my of my mind by knowing your will. I have a very hard time believing that you're going to pray that and the Holy Spirit's not going to answer it. And it's going to take a lot to convince me to not believe that. I mean a lot. Like a lot. Almost as much as you might have convinced Jesus to sin, which is quite a lot. So, okay, I want to show the gospel real quick, and then we will close in prayer. 
There was a law given to God's people, the Israelites, which were written on literal tablets of stone. God gave it through Moses after God led his people, the Israelites, out of bondage in, the, uh, in slavery in Egypt through King Pharaoh. Generation after generation, God's people, the Israelites, could not do what God demanded. There were many kings who led over God's people. Many were righteous in the eyes of the Lord, but many were also evil. There then came the prophets sent by God who would give, uh, who would give God's people and kings a message of many kinds. Through Isaiah's words in chapter 53, there was a prophecy about a coming Messiah, someone from the lineage and root of David that would save everyone from their sins to then be in right standing with God through this Savior. After all the turmoil that the law brought forth death, Jesus came and started to proclaim the gospel, and it was repent and believe in the gospel, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus also said, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish, but to fulfill them. Paul was a chosen man by God to proclaim the good news of the gospel. It says in Romans that we have all fallen short of the glory of God, that we are not morally good people. We are dead in our sins. But Christ came to redeem us from the curse of the law, the sting of death, and make us in right standing with God. Jesus lived the life that we couldn't live by being tempted by sin, but knew no sin so that we could become the righteousness of God through him. Him meaning Jesus. We are all sheep who have gone our own way, but God has caused the wickedness of us all to fall on Christ. So in essence, the bad news is we couldn't do what God asked us. We kept falling short generation after generation, but the good news is Jesus finished it. And those who repent, which means to change one's mind and live according to God's wonderful will for your life and believe for the atoning sacrifice that Christ made on your behalf for your sins, you are saved. You are made into a new creation. The wrath of God does not abide on you. Jesus says, if you trust in the Son of Man, the wrath of God abides outside of you. You are grafted into the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You are saved. And anyone that ever tells you differently than this, it is false. It's heresy. It is not true. Here's some scriptures that emphasize on what Christ has done. You can look them up on your own time if you'd like to. Galatians 3, 10 through 14. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Isaiah 53. John chapter 3. And Ephesians chapter 2. Father, I thank you so much for your word that continues to sanctify us, continues to consecrate us, purify us, Lord. Help us to, as we go into the rest of this week, to have reverence for your name, that we would not be devoted to between you and man. Give us strength to say the right things in the right moments. Lord, I thank you so much for what you've taught me in this season. I pray for this listener, if they're going through a tough season, that they would have endurance, they draw near, and you'd give them a promise, Lord, from your heart. Touch their hearts, Jesus. God, I thank you that we can have confidence in your Son, that he sets us free from all sin. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. God, I thank you that the prize was not the car, but you were after my faith. How wonderful and glorious that is, Lord. I thank you, Father. Pray for my wonderful listeners. They be led by the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Touch their hearts. Give them reverence for the Lord. Hmm. Thank you for your grace, Lord. 
could I just also pray for a protection in my listeners' dream realm? They guard their hearts from sin, and they would go out and um, and walk in holiness. And when they mess up, that they would first John one nine, they'd confess their sins, and you would cleanse them of all unrighteousness. They'd be led by the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. All right, beloved, um, tomorrow, Lord willing, my friend Brandon and I are going to be um, preparing a message for next week. Um, you know, we did just get done with Second Peter. Um, if you are interested in books like First or Second Peter or Galatians or James or Proverbs, we went through a deep study through those books. We looked at context and we looked at uh, original language, which is the Greek. Um, so check those out if you want. Share my podcast with a friend. Um, and you know what? i got to ask my question. Let me think here. Um, is there a promise that you're waiting on from the Lord right now? Are you in that season right now? Or have you gone through a season like that and God has showed you his faithfulness? So next week uh, or tomorrow, Brandon and I are going to, Lord willing, we're going to be preparing um, a message next week about the importance of our speech as Christians. Are we saying hurtful things to people? Are we blessing people? We'll be looking at James 3 versus in Proverbs. We'll be looking at um, uh, I don't know. A lot of verses in Proverbs probably. We're going to really look at how important it is to tame our tongues. So Thank you so much for listening to this testimony that I wanted to share with you guys to encourage you with and to grow your endurance with the Lord here on Movius Ministries. This is your friend Josiah. God bless you.